and welcome to The Darling Journey, a podcast that knows journey to finding your forever darling and growing your family through love can be magical but messy. We're your hosts, Brandy Redman and Ashley Hensley. Um, I'm so excited for today's episode. Today, we'll be talking with Bryce Sizemore of The Teaching Texan. Bryce and his partner adopted a son through their journey to finding their forever darling, and we cannot wait to hear his story. Thank you so much, Bryce, for being with us today. We're so thrilled to ha- hear more about you, and I'm so excited to have a fellow Texan. And not only is he a fellow Texan, but he happens to be my daughter's cheer coach. So we are so excited to have you. Thank you. Yes, thank you for joining. <laughs> yes, thank you, guys. I'm so excited to join today and um, just share a little bit about our journey. Yeah, well, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so um, my family and I live in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Um, My husband and I have been married for almost four years. Um, Our anniversary is in October, but we've been together for, um, oh my gosh, like nine or 10 years now. Um, And let's see, I have taught kindergarten through second grade um, for seven years. I also coach all-star cheerleading, like uh, Brandy mentioned, and then I run a business called The Teaching Texan, where I create teacher resources and planners and professional development um, just to help all the teachers out there. Yeah, well, I think That's we're awesome. going to a lot of that with all of it that's going on. <laughs> Absolutely. It's crazy. I do have to ask you a quick question. You said your anniversary was October. What day in October? We are October 8th. Oh, my husband and I got married October 7th. So we're right there at each other. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I always ask that when somebody says October anniversary. I'm like, I wonder if yeah. it's ours. Um, so I have to ask just because you are, you've been in teaching, um, how has this affected you like with the COVID and, and how was teaching towards the end of the school year and how are you, you know, I mean, do you have effective ways that you would possibly, you know, share with um, our listeners and how to, if they're going to homeschool versus try to send them to school? Yeah, for sure. So the end of last year obviously was crazy for not only teachers, but I can only feel for parents as well, having to kind of, you know, at the drop of a hat, become teachers to their kiddos. Um, I know that that was a lot to navigate. Um, I know on our end, we just, we we had to do our best to just kind of connect with families however we could, whether it was with email or Zoom meetings. Um, And, you know, I, I don't know that there was a perfect way to do it. And hopefully, if things go that way this year that, you know, things go a little bit better. Um, I can say that I have had so many teachers reaching out just for help with, you know, well, how do I do this on Zoom or how do I do that? And so that's kind of our focus right now with the teaching Texan. And um, I'm, pro- I, I'm going to be taking this next year um, off from teaching just so that I can kind of support teachers more because I feel like that's kind of where my calling is right now. Um, and we're going to be sharing tons of blog posts and things like that. Um, so hopefully that's helpful. That's that's awesome, um, because I think everybody's going to need all of the help they're going to get this year. We don't even know our county still hasn't announced what we're doing yet. So everybody here is kind of in limbo on how school's even going to go. But your planners, they would make really awesome teacher gifts. Yes, thank you. We, we yeah. have lots of teachers that they're like, this is like my ray of sunshine right now for this upcoming year that's so uncertain. Um, so that's been nice to be able to kind of provide that little um, sense of normalcy, I guess. Oh, yes. Well, tell us a little bit. Oh, no, Go ahead. I, I Sorry. was probably going to do the same thing. I said I wanted to hear more about um, your relationship with Dustin and how y'all met. 
Yeah, so um, Dustin and I met, um, I guess it was nine or 10 years ago now. Um, we met through mutual friends um, that I had actually met through the cheerleading world. Um, it was a friend that had cheered at University of Tennessee and he was living in Dallas. Um, and we got together through some um, other coaches that I coached with. And one night uh, we were going out um, to dinner and stuff and they brought Dustin along and I had never met Dustin, but Dustin had met them the year before when he was interning in Dallas. Oh, um, that. And that just kind of kicked it off and we've been together ever since. And you said you've been together for about 10 years now. And was yes. having a child something that y'all have always wanted? Like, did you talk about that from, you know, after y'all have been together for a while? Yeah, that was actually, um, <laughs> I know kind of something crazy to bring up so soon, but we got, we were talking about that pretty early on. I don't know if we were necessarily thinking it'd be with each other because, you know, we were so new in our relationship, but we both talked about definitely, you know, wanting to have a family and to have kids. Um, and obviously as our relationship grew, um, we knew that that adoption was the, kind of the right choice for us. Yeah, no, I love that. No, and I, I think it's crazy because you, you're you constantly working with children with everything that you do. And and, and I'm not going to lie, because if I was a teacher or a coach around all these little ones like you are, like I would probably be turned off by them. By the end of the day, I'd be like, oh, my God. So, so you definitely have a passion and you love these children so much. So, yeah, so I want to know, um, so tell us about your adoption journey. Yeah, sure. So um, something, um, I was a little vocal about it on my social media when it happened, but a lot of people don't talk about it um, uh, during the adoption process. And we didn't really know about it, but we actually, um, before we adopted Ace, we had a failed adoption um, the summer before. Um, so about a year before we, Ace, we welcomed Ace into our life, um, we had matched with a, a birth mother in California um, we talked with her for about a week and um, we felt like we just really hit it off and she really wanted to meet us. Um, and so, of course, we got on the first flight we could, flew out to California um, and met her and everything just went so well. Um, and a few months later, we were back on a plane to California um, to get, we, we were uh, going to name him Oliver. Um, and so we went back, she had given birth and we had him for, um, it was about three or four days. Um, and then we got a call from the social worker that, she had changed her mind and um, that was definitely, it was, a, it was a hard part of our adoption journey um, and definitely kind of a, almost a dark season in our life, you know, having to give Oliver back. But obviously, you know, you have to respect um, birth mother wishes and, you know, their rights and everything. And it's just something that, you know, a lot of people don't necessarily talk about. And when I announced on social media that we had went through this in our journey, I had so many people reach out to us saying, you know, we went through this too. We've had two failed ado adoptions or my friend had a failed adoption. And so I think it's just something, um, anyways, I just, I like to bring a little bit of light to it. But so with Ace, um, <laughs> the, you know, the kind of our um, silver lining of our journey is that we um, met or not met, we, we got connected through teaching, um, actually. It's someone who I had met, um, is a fellow teacher in Dallas, the Dallas area. And she, you know, had followed me on my blog. And so we had connected that way. And she reached out um, about a year after that. It was right after school had gotten out for the summer and sent a Facebook message and said, hey, um, my friend um, has a, a niece that has given birth. And, you know, it all of the details aren't my story to share. But anyways, long story short, um, we ended up connecting and we got Ace just a few days later. Yeah. 
You know what? I think it's so powerful. And, you know, so I'm always, I feel like getting on to the kids about get off social media or get off, you know, technology. But I think that the more people are open about their journeys and kind of what they've went through, it's crazy how, you know, you get connected with people just like falling in love with you for who you are and you being so vulnerable to share your experiences. So I think that's very powerful. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, I, I agree. I think social media helps so much in connecting and just when you hear other people tell their stories, it makes, you know, you more opt to tell your story and what happened. And, you know, just hearing other people talk about it, I feel like makes you want to open up and talk about your story. So hopefully that's what, you know, something that you get out of this. Yeah. Well, cause a lot of people, you know, they, they, they go through that dark period, like right. you mentioned and, but they just don't know how to, they, they think that, well, maybe this isn't for me, but the fact that, you know, y'all, y'all didn't give up and you chose to share your story and, and you have Ace. Yeah. I love it. Yes. And how old is Ace now? So Ace is just over 15 months. We just had his 15 month checkup. Yeah, that's, that's a fun age. Is there one thing that you wish you had already known when going through the adoption process that you want to share with anyone? Oh my gosh. I mean, there's definitely several things we wish we would have known. Um, I think kind of, as I mentioned before, just like knowing, just, I guess maybe having an insight into different perspectives of how the process has gone for different families. I think that's helpful. And I encourage people to kind of do, do their research out there. And obviously if you're listening to this podcast, you're already, you know, in the right place and just hearing other people's journey, I think is helpful. Um, especially if you do have a road bump, like we did, it just can kind of make you feel like connected and you're not alone. You're not the only person that's gone through that. Um, and then I think just um, maybe a little more knowledge about the difference between, you know, an agency or a facilitator or private adoption, because there's so many different options out there. Um, so definitely doing yeah. your research on that is super and, important. You know, I, I'm, I just love that. I know you are a big, big pride advocate as well. And um, so what lessons do you feel that is, I think, just in general for being a role model, being a teacher and a disciplinarian, like you, you really do it all with these children. And I just want to know, like, what advice would you give them to, you know, especially in this climate and this day? Sorry to put you on the spot, but you of all people like, you know, you set an example and you are an amazing example. So what advice would you give for these children if they, you know, if they're asking and they're curious? I think just the biggest thing is just um, as adults, we've just got to really be open and know that, you know, we're forming these little kids, you know, minds and their impressions of the world. And so I think we, we, we do have to be those role models and, you know, model inclusivity and acceptance. Um, Cause I think that's the biggest thing because kids, you know, they're going through so much um, and obviously that can be a part of their development. And I think knowing that, you know, whoever they are is accepted, I think is so important. And so that's something I always try to do, you know, as a teacher myself, and when I'm doing professional developments is just try and, you know, talk with teachers about, yeah. make sure you're creating Amen. that inclusive environment for all. And so when you become a mom or a dad, you know, your life changes in so many different ways. Um, how has ACE changed your life? And are there any lessons that you th feel that he's taught you so far? <laughs> Oh my gosh. I think the biggest one probably, and you would think I have a ton of patience being a teacher of kindergarten through second graders for seven years, but patience has been the biggest thing. Um, and just giving ourselves grace. Um, yes. Like just literally, we, we had his 15 month checkup just a few days ago. And at that point, 
Um, he wasn't walking on his own yet. And, you know, the pediatrician is like, okay, you know, that's totally fine. But, you know, if in two more months, when he hits 17 months, if he's still not walking, we may need to look into some physical therapy. And so, of course, his parents were like, oh, my gosh, like, what can we do? Um, we don't want him to have to go through that. And then, of course, you know, that very next day, what does he do? He starts walking on his own. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what they do. <laughs> yeah. So of course, all that us freaking out and then everything was fine. Um, but I think the other thing too is just living in the moment. Um, and, you know, people say all the time, like, enjoy it, soak it up. It doesn't last very long. And, you know, I kind of, I'm like, okay, I'm tired of hearing that, but it is also so true. And so we've just tried to be really present in all those little moments with him um, and just take him in. And we try to catch things on video so we can go back and, you know, see them because it's so special right now. It is. Well, and I will tell you, Bryce, like I, with Brooklyn and Brinkley, I really did. I felt like I was, I lived like, okay, hurry, hurry, hurry. When are you going to do this next? When are you going to do this next? But with Bruin, I got this this like opportunity of a lifetime to relive it and just soak everything in. And I'm like, Oh, and then they're, they, the girls will tell me, they're like, we think you like Bruin better than us. And I'm like, no, <laughs> I know. you want them to go slow and take their time. Now that they, you know, you've got two that have already gone so yeah, fast and done everything. You. The last one, you just kind of want to soak it all in. I know, and watch I, it. Yes. That's the same yes. with Ella. Like I said, she still has a pacifier in her bedroom at night, and she's three. So I really should take that away, but I haven't. <laughs> oh, it, may, it may be too soon to think about, but do you think that you and Dustin may have more? That's a good question. Um, we have definitely, we've definitely thought about it, um, and it's something that I think is m more than likely on the table for us. Um, and so that's something we're kind of exploring how we want to um, go about the adoption route um, this next time, yay, um, just I especially with it. everything that we've oh learned. So um, stay tuned. <laughs> oh, yay. That's exciting. And lastly, what is one piece of advice that you'd give to listeners um, out there that are trying to adopt? Uh, I think the biggest thing is don't give up. Um, your forever darling, your baby is out there. Um, and you just... I encourage everyone to use whatever resources they have at their disposal. So obviously you can work with an agency or a facilitator, but things like Facebook and Instagram and your friends, maybe your work community, if you're open with you know people at work about that, because you never know where that connection is going to happen. We never thought we were going to be connected the way that we were. And thankfully, you know, I was open about it and now we have Ace. So I just, I encourage everyone to use, you know, all the tools that they have. Oh, yes. I love it. Um, so our next segment is just Ask the Darling Duo. And this is where our listeners, you know, they just, they have questions. So um, one of the first questions is from Creighton E. And Creighton is having a difficult time deciding whether they want to tell their child that she's adopted. Do you have any insight or advice on making this decision? Well, let's see. I definitely... I think it's a, it's a conversation that's important. And I think that, you know, kiddos have, you know, the right to know, you know, where they come from. And now I know for every family that's going to look different and the timing's going to be different. I know with ACE, um, for obvious reasons, it's going to be um, pretty clear that um, he's, he's adopted um, early on. But I think that that's something that just with, as they're forming their identity, it's important to know. And if, you know, if your family is involved or, you know, in contact with the birth mother, the birth father, if the kiddo is able to have that connection, that's awesome yeah. too. Um, but yeah, I know it's not a perfect answer, but I think it, it's different for every family for sure. 
what about you, Brandy? Have you like, have y'all decided on when you think that you'll talk to Bruin about it? Um, no, we haven't really discussed, you know, when we will talk to him about it, but I mean, it's definitely something that um, I agree with Bryce. Like I'm, I'm going to be very, oh, we are going to be very open with him. Um, and I, I just always, you know, stress that like, you know, for us, we always just want to know that our children are loved and taken care of. And that's the most important thing. And, um, and so, and, and like what Bryce says, when they're trying to, you know, figure out their identity and who they are, that's when I, I agree. That's when it's important to know. I agree. I, I'm the same way. And, um, you know, right now they're young. They don't understand a lot when we talk about it or when we mention it. So I think that, like you said, every family has that exact time yeah. and you know when to sit down and when they can ask questions and, and everything they want to know. Yeah. All right. And our next question is, do you think it's appropriate to hold fundraisers um, to help raise money for adoption? And that is from Carly M. Like I said before, I think using whatever tools that you, you know you have at your disposal is definitely um, important. And I think if, if a fundraiser helps your family, I think it's something that you could definitely look at. I know um, for Dustin and myself, we, um, we, there, there are financing options out there as well um, for paying because adoption is very expensive. And so there, there's definitely different avenues that families can look at and you know kind of the same thing, you know not, one size fits all for families, but I think that that's something that, that can be helpful. Yeah. yeah. Oh my goodness. Yes. Oh my gosh. Well, Bryce, you are amazing. You're such an inspiration to others. And we thank you so much for sharing your journey with us. And we want to have you back on. And, and next time we have you on, I'm going to have this figured out. Okay. <laughs> and so in the meantime, I'm sending you a bottle of wine. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much for being on with us today, Bryce. Yes, of course. It was my pleasure. I'm I'm thank so thankful you. for we what you guys too. are doing with this podcast. I think it's so important and I hope that, you know, all of your followers are getting, you know, everything that they need from this. Yay, well, thanks for listening. We are the Darling Duo, reminding you that adoption is magical but messy, and a journey to finding your forever darling is worth every moment. Follow at the Dawn.